What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Talk or Go Home podcast. My name is Nick Wilson, and to my left, I've got the one and the only Brandon Farmer. What's Brandon, up? yeah, well, well, welcome back, man. Here we Thanks, are, man. Yeah, so it's been a while since we've recorded, but we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the first two episodes. That's uh, so, awesome, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you were telling me about it, so I'm I'm excited about it, man. I know. I actually had somebody walk up to me and go, "Hey, man, great podcast. Keep." keep doing what you're doing me and my buddy listen to it on the way to work one day and, and good stuff so well, you know our our friend clint he let me know that hey man loved it yeah he awesome. <laughs> he sent me a massive text he's like dude I, this is awesome this is great listen to the first episode loved it so which is coming good from him because he does one himself so. exactly he is um, kind of the podcast connoisseur yeah if i would if i would say so i don't know i've, I've started listening to a lot more oh yeah podcasts definitely. myself i uh I found one the other day that I've been kind of binge listening to, and it's been really fun. And making this has been fun. You know, this has been... Oh, de- most definitely. This I, has I, been I've enjoyed awesome. it. It's something me and you can do, and just kind of, for me, just kind of get away from stuff for a little bit, for about an hour, and yeah. then get in our own thing. Well, hopefully, and that's what it's like for everybody listening. You know, hopefully it's like, well, let me throw on the podcast and think about other things for a little while. Right. I'm right. hoping that that's what we can provide for folks. So thank you guys for listening, though. Seriously, if you want to support us in any way, look at our sponsors. There's They're always in the show notes, but then there's also a link in the show notes where you can go and you can actually support us every month through the platform that we work with, Anchor. Go and, and click the link, and the, all that information is in the description. Uh, it's going to be anchor.fm slash lensmedia slash support. You can go and donate 99 cents a month, four ninety nine a month, Drop whatever. them pennies, man. Exactly. Drop them pennies. Help us out, man. Yeah, that's what help, we need. Help support the podcast. And don't forget, rate and review. Rate and review the podcast as much as possible. Yes, sir. On all platforms, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out as well. We would appreciate it if you did that. Despite all that, I'm going to kind of get into it. So today's episode is going to be about our favorite band and music in general. But before we get into that, I've got uh, I've got to get something off my chest. All right. So as of this recording, the Auburn-Georgia game has just gone by. And in case you are coming in and haven't listened to the first episode of the podcast, I talk about the fact that I went to Auburn. So I'm an Auburn fan. Me too. You are an Auburn fan as well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Should have mentioned that. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So we're both Auburn fans. So I take a buddy of mine that I work with, or rather, he, we, I don't know, we go together to the Auburn-Georgia game. And for those that don't know, the Auburn-Georgia game is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Since it's what year? 1890. Okay. Okay. I think. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I feel bad as an Auburn fan. As Something somebody like that. that 1892, somewhere in that area. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. 1890s, this game has been played. And it's a very big rivalry because it's a pretty even match. We beat, the last time we beat Georgia, however, sadly, was in 2017. We beat them in an epic fashion. Anyway, they've had it out for us ever since. They beat us last year, and they beat us this year. But anyway, that's not important. So we go down, and this is the first time my buddy, who is a Georgia fan, he's from Georgia, he grew up in Georgia. His dad's a Georgia fan. He's got family that went to Georgia. This is the first time he'd ever been to an Auburn game. He's been yeah. to Auburn. He's been in the stadium, but never for an Auburn game. We go in, and he's kind of taken in the atmosphere, and he's asking me these questions. Well, he, I let him buy the tickets, okay? Right. So and I'm, I'm not thinking anything about it. And I don't think about where we're going to sit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a mistake. He buys tickets in the Georgia section. Oh, really? So oh, that's I must, get to, must be nice for you. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> so I get to not only sit in enemy territory. Oh, man. But I get to march up to the upper deck. Yeah. Which is fine. I've, I've never actually watched a game from the upper deck. But I had to sit in the – and I didn't tell any – I didn't tell my buddy, you know, that I was thinking this. But as I walked up the steps, I'm going, okay, there's less and less orange and blue and more and more red and black. Mm. And then it was almost all red and black by the mm. time I got to the row of our seats. And so it's like, if somebody had been filming my face, I'm sure they would have seen just kind of like the dread that had come over me because Georgia fans, in, in my experience as an Auburn student, let me just put it this way. They're yeah. very passionate fans. Very. <laughs> so they're very passionate about their team and their university. And I knew what was coming. Yeah. I knew what was coming. Didn't know who was going to do it, but I knew what was coming. And sure enough, sit down, 
watch watch the team warm up, watch the pregame festivities, which Auburn does a great job at, by the way. Watch the band come onto the field, and then bam, down sits a Georgia fan right next to me. Oh no! And so you know the game kicks off, and we're and Auburn is just playing. Gosh, just it's like man, what it's are like, we doing? Do we want to win this game? It's like I watch paint dry yes and i'm just i'm going oh gosh and i'm in the middle of all these georgia fans and they're just cheering and and then one of their players goes down i believe it was one of their linemen yeah and he goes down with a knee or a leg injury of some kind there's some booing coming from it was one of their defensive linemen and there was some booing coming from the auburn student section and the reason that they were booing is because we were actually pacing down the field. And for those that, that don't know what that – may not know what that means, that means that Auburn's offense was as soon as the ball was caught or, or the play was over, they were lining up to run the next play. It was right, a fast-paced, yeah. up-tempo yeah. offense, and, and they do that to keep the defense on its heels. Right. Really, the only way to get around a def- uh, or an offense like that is for one of the defensive players to go down with an injury, and that stops the game. Right? Yeah, right. Or for well, – really, that's I think that's actually the only way – for that to happen well down goes a georgia player with an injury so the i got a feeling what's coming the auburn fandom they were booing him because they thought it was a fake injury you know that happens a lot i mean auburn was guilty of it in the lsu game you saw big cat bryant just out of nobody touches him uh, just out of nowhere he gets a signal from the sideline and he just falls down man right it's absolutely hilarious so i'm not saying you know auburn's not guilty of it because we are every college football team does. they are some high school teams do it the guy next to me Middle-aged guy. And by the end of the game, I learned his name. But I'm not going to say it right now. <laughs> he, he goes, that's, that's real classy. Real classy. Effing Auburn fans. And he, oh, ju- and he just starts. That was, that was just the beginning. He starts laying. And I'm looking at him out of my peripheral vision. Yeah. And I see him looking at me out of his peripheral vision, seeing if I'm going to so react. So you are both looking at each other. <laughs> out of the side of our eye. Yes, out of the corners <laughs> of our eyes. Or I, whatever. And he, I know that he's baiting me to react. Right. I know that yeah. he wants me to react. And so I just stood there and just just started, you know, just clapping. Sat down and looked at the player. And started talking to my buddy that was sitting on the other side of me. Yeah. About, you know, who's that player? Man, I hope he gets to feeling better. This, that, and the other. My goal was to make this Georgia fan hate me. Not because I was an obnoxious Auburn fan. But because I was going to be the nicest person on the planet, right? And I was going to make him love me. You were trying to reverse roles, exactly. Right? Yeah. I was yeah. going to make him love me and be the greatest representative of Auburn University that has ever set foot on this planet. Yeah. Well, I, I succeeded. We we learned each other's names by the end of it, and I met his son. His son goes to a, a, not Georgia, but another college in in Georgia, a, a great university. And he told me his name, where he lived, what he did, that kind of thing. We actually kind of established a decent rapport. So by the end of the game, we go, you know, we start kind of, he's just cussing my team and my fans left and right. And then by the end of it, in the fourth quarter, Auburn is running down the field and about to score. Yeah. He's actually like, man, I think y'all might score right here. And sure enough, what what happens? We, we score. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what his reaction is? He just sits there. He, he doesn't <laughs> boo. He doesn't start cussing like he has the the other times that something's been yeah he just kind of and then he and i just start we continue with our side conversation <clears throat> it's funny how that works you know and so i'm like yes yes i won i'm i did it yeah i made him like me i made him i made him like me you know so right. anyway no i i say i say all that he ended up being a really, really awesome dude, and he had uh, he he was there with some friends and his son, and they were great people. Yeah. So props to those guys. Congrats on the win. Seriously, though, it was a it was a great win. Auburn didn't want to show up and play. Georgia wanted to show up and win, and and they they uh, Kirby Smart had a well coached team. Jake Fromm had a good game. So congratulations to them and their fans and the University of Georgia. Yeah, as we were talking about watching that game, oh, maybe want to go out there and just. Set the woods on fire for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, that would be more entertaining than watching about uh, the last. What, what would you say? Uh, half of the fourth quarter, yeah. probably, yeah. or the last ten minutes of it. I don't you know, know what was more frustrating: the first half or that that last five minutes of the game. It was know? rough. It was rough to watch. So I mean, it's um. But that's that's my bite your lip. That's my short anecdote for like that's. That, it was a great experience. I really really enjoyed it. I enjoyed going back, and that was actually the second game I'd been to this season, so it was a fun time. 
But I just thought that was interesting, just, you know, his it is. the I mean, way he wanted to add, you know. And I think that's that's an interesting, you can get a, gain a lot of insight into people and how they choose to act in certain situations, but also society as a whole and how we do have the ability to be empathetic. We just sometimes don't like to be or refuse to be. So, And I don't know what I, I don't know what. What I would have done in that situation. Because I'm the, I'm the top guy sometimes. Uh, I wouldn't say tick me off, but I, would, I wouldn't say anything bad to him. But I would be that guy who would stand up and I would start clapping for my team. And I'd be in the mid- middle of sea of red. Yeah. And I'd just be that one orange orange just shirt, blue shirt, you know, and just, and just cheer away. And they'll probably get annoyed by me yeah. and tell me to sit down. I could have been that guy. But again, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done because I hadn't been put in that situation a whole lot. And so your friend, so you call him, who well, puts you, well, well, <laughs> who okay. puts you oh. in the, okay, yeah, who puts you in the, uh, who put me in that situation, in that situation <laughs> when you didn't know that he listens to this podcast, so he's gonna <laughs> hear this story <laughs> and he's gonna know my yeah. true feelings about the uh, whole situation. I did really enjoy the game, and yeah, I'm. I, I'm I do. I don't want to sound like that. I'm not appreciative that he got the tickets. I know, I know and where I he got the tickets because going to the game is going to the game. But I knew that that he's could be a good a problem. dude. I guess. He is a great dude. I mean, I you know just, we're not going to say his slide name. Edge, you know, just just because he's got you know the Georgia in him. But. Yeah, we're not going to say his name. Yeah, but it's what's really ironic though is that his wife's an Alabama fan, and we both agreed going into the game that if we ever That's, had the urge to say anything bad about each other's team. We were just going to instead substitute that with saying something bad about Alabama. Oh, there so, you go. You know, it works out. It, it, it did. That, yeah. We did that several times. I would look at him and, and say, you know, I really hate <laughs> Alabama. And he would look at me and say, I really hate Alabama. That was kind of code for us, you know. Which Clint may not like that. But yeah, sorry. Who cares what Clint thinks? Exactly. <laughs> You know, people are going to be listening to this. This is the third episode in the row we've talked about Clint, and, right, and he hasn't it's made like an appearance we had an yet. Obsession with Clint or something. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we do. Though. I don't know. People, hey, look, folks. When Clint comes on, it's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. It'll be it's a good it, time. It's going to be it'll, a. It'll yeah. be a good time. Good podcast. I just I thought that was really really interesting, and and you know I really encourage everybody out there to go to a college football game because at some point because you will see all kinds of people and you will be put into some interesting situations that truly test your patience I guess as a that's human why being. I just go to stay at the home games because I don't want to put in them be put in them situations if you know what I mean like well, it, like the away games well so yeah. some friendly here here's the thing and I know if you've been to a bunch of them yeah if you're if your team is ever going to LSU or Georgia don't go Mm-mm. because you will be tested but if yes, your sir. team's playing at either Clemson or Texas A&M great atmospheres and the nicest people on the planet yeah really great yeah. fans at those two places at A&M and at Clemson so yeah. I highly encourage would your friend you would your friend agree with that about I don't know if he's ever been Georgia? to a about Georgia, probably not. No, he probably. I have a lot of evidence to back up my statement, though. I don't know how much he has to back up his defense of his team. But and I've heard a lot of stories yeah. from other people. We're going to continue with the podcast real quick after we take a break. There you go. Break time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so now down to the nitty-gritty favorite band. And that's going to kind of lead us into some other conversations that we've prepared for also right. related to music. But, I mean, here's the thing. We haven't decided who's going to go first yet. So yeah. you, do you want to go first? Uh, if you want me to. You, you're the you're the older, so I'll let you go first. Uh, I'm not going to say by how much you're older than, than me, but you can go okay. ahead and go. I mean, we ain't got, nobody's got to know that. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so you want to start off with favorite, favorite band? Yeah, Is let's right? start off with favorite band. Uh, Let's go back to 1998. Great year. 21 year. Great musical year as far as music and all kinds of... That was the year my brother was born. You know what? <laughs> if that tells you anything about yeah. our age difference, yeah. it probably you'll probably figure it yeah. out. No, my favorite band during that time, I was 14 years old, Matchbox 20. 
great band. Awesome band. There's a lot of other bands like Creed, Three Doors Down. Just a lot of good alternative bands. And that's kind of the music that I was listening to at the time. For whatever reason, I enjoyed at that time. And so Matchbox 20 was it. Great, great band that I actually grew up listening to as well. I was a lot younger than you. <laughs> like, how old were you in 1998? Yeah, 14. You were 14. So this is prime adolescence. This yes. is your formative, you know, cultural acquisition years where you're... What's I'm, happening in society and culture is defining you as a person. Yeah, because I'm getting right into high school around exactly. that time. And a lot of things are just changing. Even even music during that time is changing for me. So I'm listening a lot of what my buddies are listening to. And so, yeah, them, them bands right there are just particularly Matchbox 20. Rob Thomas is just an awesome songwriter with his music and stuff. Love it. So just, why... Why Matchbox 20 as a whole, as a band as a whole? You just mentioned Rob Thomas, the lead singer. Right. Uh, okay, so the lead singer of Matchbox 20 and a great songwriter. We were actually talking about this before we started recording the podcast. But what about the band as a whole makes you makes them your favorite band? Uh, I guess that, that style of music coming out during that time. You know, you had Green Day, you had Nirvana back in the... Go back towards the early 90s a little bit more. I was kind of like in the middle of it a little bit and kind of yeah. catching on. So when Matchbox 20 came along, it just hit at the right time. It was the right sound at the right moment right for you. T- yeah, right moment, the right sound. That's what I was getting into. That's what my buddies were into. Like Clint, like we were talking about, Clint was into it. Hammy, another buddy of mine. Uh, Casey, another buddy of mine. I mean, we're just all So your friend it. group. Yes. Yeah, we were just into that type of music. I think it's really – that's – really really important when people are developing their musical taste or any really their taste in anything style yeah. it's the friend group that they're in is that friend group echoing what they're listening to so it kind of becomes you know what you end up listening to and liking yeah you're doing it in kind of an echo chamber where you know your best friend's doing it and your your pal on the football team or the basketball team's doing it or your you know your sister's doing it you know Everybody that's associated with you at that point in, in your life is also into that same thing, and it's an echo chamber. So you're yeah, getting it say, from yeah. different places. Not to say that's a bad thing, but it's being reinforced in you in multiple facets. Yeah, I think everybody's different. Everybody, everybody, the music they listen to has come from whatever their mom and dad was listening to at the time their buddies listen to or whatever everybody's got different stories get different places and that's my story that's kind of where i was and that's where matchbox 20 was at the time did did that band help you through growing up because you know a lot of people talk about childhood in a really positive way but a lot of people also growing up experience a lot of tragedy or it's a rough period in their life and and a lot of times their favorite bands help them through that time of their life is there anything that you associate matchbox 20 with emotionally not really no i mean just because i was just i love music so no it, it wasn't emotionally you know tied to anything with you know what was happening at the time or with the family or no nothing like that it was just um like I just said, that music came along, that style came along, and it was just right place, right time at my age, and that's what I loved and continue to listen to, even as Matchbox 20, you know. They, have through. they released another album, like, recently at all? Sorry, I mean, I don't follow them. But. I'll be honest, I don't know. Here, recently, I don't know. I know Rob is on his own. Oh, but I don't okay. know if the, I don't I don't think the band has associated with each other for a little while, but Rob has does his own thing. Is um, it, so he's still making music. Yeah, okay. and, and Match, yeah, Matchbox Twenty they'll still make tours around cities and play. Okay, and then Rob will kind of make his thing too around city to city, doing his you know. So they're still out there on tour every now. Oh and yeah, then. every now and then. But they're not yeah. making a studio album anytime soon. I don't think so. No. Okay, that's no. see. I always hate to see that. I always hate to see when bands no longer are engaging in the creative process right. anymore because it's so you know. And I'll, I'll I'll talk about one of my favorite bands here in a little bit. Who who 
one of their more prominent members has separated. Anyway, uh, it's it's always sad when that happens. But yeah, is is your favorite song from Matchbox? Yes, it is. What? Okay. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Three a.m. Three a.m. And that's why I was kind of I didn't know if you were want to go right off into that or yeah, later. Yeah, but I it. mean, yeah, three a.m. is really what made Matchbox Twenty what they are. I, it was a huge song during that time, and it was their number. It was their first really big. It was their first big hit. Ninety eight, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and when I heard that f- song for the first time, and I was telling you this earlier, and. I don't know what it is about that song. He wrote that song for his mom who had cancer during that time. So you're talking about emotional connections being, you know, tied in with music that you listen to or stuff like that when you write your music and songs and all that stuff. And and that's what, that's what his emotional tie was to that song when he wrote it was his mom having cancer during that time. And um, the time she would stay up during the night and he would stay up with her through her um, – you know, as she was sick and everything. Yeah. And so, but I never knew that for a good while until, you know, after uh, after that song had came out. Nobody, hardly, hardly anybody knew that that song was about his mom. Listening to it, so knowing that, it kind of makes sense, but listening to it, unless you knew the context of all, that whole situation, you would never have known. No. You uh-uh. would never have known that. Uh-uh. And, um, I think it's that's really cool what you just brought up, though, is that emotional connection. There's so many artists out there that write music, sing, create, even if it's movies and, and poems and books, and they write them from such a dark place, from such a place of tragedy. I've, I've got a buddy of mine who is trying to make it in the hip-hop industry yeah he's he's trying to become a rapper and he's going through a really tough time right now but it's allowing him to focus that negative energy into his work and he he's sending me all these samples of these songs and he sent me a full song last night that he's about to release he texted he texted me the mp3 and he said hey man you know i've been going through a lot in my life right now listen to this tell me what you think and it, you know, Brandon, I cannot explain to you how impressive this song is because it is emotional. It comes from such an emotional place. And you can hear it in the song. Yeah. You can hear his emotional tragedy and, and just the conflict in him. It comes out in the in the music and in the lyrics. And it just works, man. It's honestly one of the most beautiful and emotional hip-hop songs I think I've ever heard. And, you know, I texted him back and I said, hey, man, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you because you are taking what you're going through and you're creating something with it. You're doing something productive with what you're going through. And, you know, that's probably what Rob was doing at, the, at that moment in time. He had this this need to express himself and what he and his mother were going through, and he did it with with that song and that song is, is such a beautiful song man it's such a good song yeah that song t- came to him when early how old was he he was in his teen. he was 13 14 15 that's crazy age. man yeah and it came to him early now i don't know if he had this, the full song written out but he had had it in his mind already during that time he knew the words he was gonna lay out uh at some point but uh yeah it is crazy too for somebody that young to have that already in their mind, kind of working already uh, during that time. And uh, he's just musically gifted overall, Rob Thomas is, so it's just crazy. I'm really ashamed of myself. I don't – I haven't listened to much Matchbox 20 lately. Now, like, I grew up with them. You know, I was young, but I do remember them being really relevant when I was young and liking their music. And them kind of being the forefront of that, alternative rock kind of wave that we saw yeah, in that they time kind of, they period. were, yeah. You know, that that was definitely, I don't know, would you call Nirvana alternative rock or would that m- be more mm. rock? Like, when, when can you say the alternative rock genre started? Yeah, I, I would put Nir- Nirvana in that. Yeah. You would, you would yeah. call them alternative rock? Yeah. 
alternative slash. They got heavy, really aggressive with some well heavy again, metal so stuff. Top yeah. top stuff. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't. I didn't listen to Nirvana a lot just because I didn't. I, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't you know, yeah. even though that was during a little bit during my time, you know, I could have. You know, Green Day was kind of here and there, you know, with me. But the Matchbox 20, the Three Doors Down, the, the Creed, and and so forth, I mean, those were the bands I listened to the most. Those three bands I remember listening to nonstop. Mm-hmm. I also remember them burning up the radio left and right. It yeah. seemed like if if one of those three bands didn't have a song in the top five one week – one of the other ones did. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it was just a constant rotation between those three bands. And a lot of others, Green Day yeah. especially, too. I know Green Day had one album that came out, and it's like they had they just had hit after hit after hit, man. Yeah. And uh, what was it? There was one, When September Ends or something like that. Yeah. Was that a song? Is yeah. that – sorry, I don't know the name of the song, but I, just, I can hear that coming yeah. over the radio – out of the swimming pool as a young kid and just hearing that and it being played over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's cool because that alternative rock genre kind of lasted way on into the late 2000s, even the early 20 teens. Yeah. It's kind of died down now. Yeah, just because that kind of music has kind of been pushed to the side just a little bit. But if we were to do my top five, I mean, Creed and Three Doors Down would definitely be in it. Uh, because they're right there, neck and neck with me. But Matchbox uh, Twenty is your number one. Oh, most definitely they're, they're at the top. There's the top. So why? I mean, give me just straight up in one sentence, one phrase. Why are they your favorite band? Hmm. I don't know. You really kind of sorry. Kind of got me there <laughs> asking those hard questions. Yeah, I mean. I, Dude, I really I'm Is it the music? I guess. I mean, yeah, if you want to sum it up that way. Yeah, it's just the music. Uh look, when I listen to music, I listen to lyrics. What are the lyrics telling you? What are they saying? Do they relate to you? And um I guess I guess the lyrics relate to me a lot. Just because I you know they just do. So when I listen to them and I'm listening to what they're saying and what they're trying to put out in their music, that's it. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing for me. So I don't know. Lyrics. How about that? That work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, that works. That's, I that, mean, lyrics. Lyrics works. are what hit me, so. That works. Is Rob Thomas your favorite singer? No. He's not your favorite no, singer. No, he's not my fa- He's there, but he's not my favorite singer. Who's your favorite singer? Uh, Bart Miller. Who? Bart Millard. <laughs> Who's that? Who is, he, who is Bart Millard? Yes. Millard. Bart Millard. Bart Millard. M-I-L-L-A-R-D. Okay, so Millard? let's... He's the lead singer for Mercy Me. Ah, okay. Makes and sense. And now, this day and time, you know, I, you know, me and Nick go to church here locally. Um, I guess we're allowed to say. Yeah. Asheville First Baptist. So, I've been a member there for about 13 years now. Uh, grew up. I've been a member there for one year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll say 13. No, it's probably been 10 years now since me and Amanda, you know, three year, three years into our marriage, I was, we, we, we became members. Um, anyway, I sing at my church. Been singing there for 10 years plus. I sing solos just about every month or two, or every... One or two times out of the month. But Christian music has been a huge you know, uh, just influence on me. And Mercy Me has to be one of my favorite bands now. I'm not saying they, you know, Mercy uh, Matchbox 20 is still there, of course, not my number one. But um, Mercy Me is right there, too. But Bart Miller is my favorite singer. Um, and he's the lead singer of Mercy Me. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you want to go back to why... It's because of lyrics. I look at lyrics and what they're writing and what's their story. So I think Rob on the other side is a great songwriter for, you know, um, for any type of music, in my opinion. But Bart Miller is too. He's a great songwriter. He's written a ton of his songs. 
Um, I can only imagine being yeah, one of that's them. Crazy. That's crazy. Um, that's, that's he wrote. You know how long it took him to write that song? What, like thirteen seconds or something? Like ten that? minutes. That's ridiculous. That's but he wrote ridiculous. it. He wrote it in ten minutes. And a lot of songwriters will tell you they'll go back over the song, you know, and mm-hmm. put words here and there into it. Change. But it, he maybe. said he wrote it all the way through. And it never, never changed it. It was done. He was done with God, it. Wrote it in 10 minutes. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, stuff like that. I mean, yeah. Stuff like that. Really. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah. I, what amazes me about musicians that are like that is is that, and I've tried to be a musician and I'm not a musician. Well, that's okay. But, <laughs> but it's that it just comes to them. Like it is, it's. It's, but it's something that they have to practice at as well. You know, it's yeah. something that they just have. They there's a talent for, and it's almost like magic. You know, music is another language in and of itself, and that's right. what amazes me about musicians. Do is is this where I talk about my? F- yeah, go ahead. Man. Can I talk about my favorite band? Yeah, let's so, see. What's, your, what's your favorite band? My favorite band. Okay, so don't for those of you out there that know me. Yeah. Don't judge me. Don't judge but, him, people. Don't judge him. But my favorite band is Daft Punk. <laughs> and when you hit me with that when I walked in, <laughs> Look, I was like, what? If you don't know who Daft Punk is, I guarantee you you've heard one of their songs. I guarantee it. Because I told you the same thing, and was I right? You were right. At some point, yes, I I, yes. I I have heard their songs and their music. Um, it I, I love all kinds of music. Is it my genre of music that I kind of my list? I kind no, but yes, I've heard of it. So they've been around since. By the 90, way, I didn't I didn't know what you're about to say. I didn't I had no idea they've been around that long. They've been around since the mid nineties. Yeah, they've been around since. I don't know specific. I can't remember if it was ninety four or ninety seven, but they've been around since the the mid nineties and got together before that. They met in in school. It's it's a duo. Yeah, technically a band, but it's a duo. And if you don't really know who I'm talking about or what they look like, well, it's the two guys that wear robot helmets. <laughs> so, which I never knew they didn't never take off. Yeah, they so kinda... they don't like to show their face. Yeah. In public, and they don't like to speak in in public, and that's because they want to retain a little bit of their privacy. They want to be able to go out to the supermarket and shop with their wives and kids, and nobody recognizes them. And, and guess what? They do that, and nobody recognizes them. So well, my thing is, do they wear it? Do they wear a a full just um, mask or whatever? I mean, helmet, whatever they're wearing out in public. They no. Do? No, they don't. No, they they go plain face, but because nobody really knows what they look like, because gotcha. they wear a helmet when they're gotcha. as so nobody's punk, gonna, nobody's gonna know exactly. Yeah, because nobody knows what their face looks like. Now right. you know what Bart Millard looks like, right? <laughs> Sorry, I had to look at his notes. You know yeah. what Bart Millard looks like You're and right. Rob Thomas look like, right? So exactly. if you saw him in this in Walmart, yeah, I mean you, that's true. You so wouldn't, you wouldn't know who they look. If what they I, look like. dude, I could be shopping next to you know, one of the two robots and not know that it was them because I really don't know what they look like. So we've got nothing on these guys. So if you look up on the internet, Daft Punk Real Faces, there are a couple of pictures that come up, but they're of completely different people. Yeah. I think I know what they look like, but I'm not I'm, I'm not totally certain. Sure. There are a few like blurry images that exist on the internet of, of who they are, but they're, we know their names. Yeah. We know their names. The tall one, so there's two. There's two of them. One's silver, and one's gold, and they they don't really have names. It's just they're Daft Punk. But the tall silver one, his name in real life is it's spelled like Thomas, but you pronounce it Thomas, and his last name is Bangalter or Bangalter, and they're French, so that's why it's Thomas Bangalter. And then the short gold one. His real name, it's a long one, but it's Guy Manuel de Omem Cristo. Shoo. Yes. And and they call him Guy Man uh, for, for short. Right. So 
You've got Thomas and Guiman, and they've been kind of the leading force of this, what we now call EDM genre of music, electronic dance music. Yeah. That you hear a lot of today in pop music. It's kind of actually seeped into pop music. They were doing this back in, they were trying to bring what we call now EDM into the into the forefront back in yeah. the 90s because they had grown up in France, which was kind of the center of the house genre of music, what we call yeah. house music, which is kind of your rave club kind of kind of music you know what i mean do that one more time (laughs) yeah i know i'm great at it but what daft punk did with it that was so unique and special is they tried to take that club experience and they 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 made it authentic and by authentic i mean they took real musical talent and put it behind that genre yeah, in their albums like Homework, which is a great album. You know, it's really interesting to look at the amount of work that they put into their albums because it's so thoughtful. If you look at their their latest album, Random Access Memories, and my computer nerds will get that joke as to why they named it that. Random Access Memories won the Grammy in 2014 for Best Album yeah. of the Year. And it shows when you listen to every song on that album. It's got a couple of hits on it. The the biggest one being Get Lucky. But those songs all tell a story. And yeah. they all use music in a way to enhance the story that the song is trying to tell. And some of those songs don't even have lyrics. Right. It's a story told with just music. And Daft Punk excels at at doing well in the studio. Yeah, They really do. They make true music. They are true musicians. They are doing it not because they want to be famous, which is why they wear the helmets. They do it because they want to make good music. Right, yeah. And they, they're they successful in that. They yeah. make music that, and I think that's what every creator wants, whether it's a filmmaker, whether it's us with this podcast or a musician, they want to get an emotional, an emotional reaction out of somebody. And every time I listen to Daft Punk, I get that emotional yeah. reaction. And another thing, you know, about Daft Punk is growing up, you know, you were 14 when you kind of discovered or started really getting into Matchbox 20. I was 14 when I really discovered and started getting into Daft Punk. That's when I realized that this kind of genre of music spoke to me. This EDM, upbeat, kind of dancey kind of music spoke to me. Because growing up, I listened to a lot of disco music. My parents are were kids of the seventies. They were they were in their young teens in the seventies and grew up with disco music. Yeah. Had a next door neighbor who loved disco music. Right. That's what we listened to on the way to school when she took us to school in elementary school. So Oh really? Absolutely. So so, I'm listening to Motown. Listening no I mean, no joke. Listening to Michael Jackson. Listening to on the Thriller way to school. on the way to school as a seven-year-old. At 7 o'clock, 7.30 in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> Breaking it down in the front seat of a Nissan <sighs> Altima that's, or whatever her car that's was. Good. I like it. So, you know, you look at Daft Punk and their music, it's really funky. Yeah. Really funky. Yeah. Kind of the same. It's almost like there is a lot of inspiration that they drew from there. And... The album that they came out with in 2013, 2014, Random Access Memories, had a lot of inspiration in disco music. You listen to the funky vibes that you get. They've got musicians like Nile Rodgers and Paul Williams and uh, Giorgio Morador on that album who were big artists in the 70s or were making their way in music in the 70s. Nile Rodgers is still a great guitar player. Yeah. Uh, who, but he, you know, he played on a lot of Motown stuff in the '70s. Their live performance at the Grammys in 2014, they actually played with Stevie Wonder. Right. So it's for so many different reasons. Their music just just speaks to me. You know, I discovered them when I was a freshman in high school, and you look back to Kanye West, who had a big hit in Stronger. He sampled Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, which was actually a Daft Punk original. Yeah. And he performed that song with Daft Punk at the Grammys in 01, 02, or 03, whenever Stronger came out. Right. So Daft Punk 
has inspired and been inspired by a lot of great music. Yeah. They actually worked with The Weeknd on his album in 2016-2017, Starboy. That whole album they produced. Really? They performed a mashup of I Feel It Coming in Starboy in 20, at the 2017 Grammys. I believe that was the 59th Grammys in, tw- in 2017, you know, with their helmets and their they had robes and yeah. they did, it was just so, I don't know, for some reason to me, their whole aesthetic and vibe is just mesmerizing to me. Yeah. You know, it's just captured my imagination. Yeah. And I just, I just, I mean, I love them, man. I don't know how to really put it into words. I would love to meet them. Give me one word to put it in. <laughs> Since you did me that way, so I'm emotion. To, there you go. If I were to give you, you know, say why I like them in one word, it would be emotion. Yeah, they get so much emotion out of me. Their music just speaks to me in right. so many different ways and so many different levels. I just and plus, man, how awesome would it be to dress up as them for Halloween, man? I could be the silver one. I just need to find somebody slightly shorter than me to be the gold one. Yeah, and who would that guy be? I don't know. I'm really I don't I don't know I there I don't have many people that I know that would do it that's that are shorter than me. Everybody that I know that would do it they're all taller than me and I don't want to be I don't <laughs> I don't want to be the gold one I want to be the silver one I like Tama Tama's the silver one so my sister in law you think she'd do it I, she'd be perfect that she's really short though she's like <laughs> so, sorry Tara Shea. <laughs> she's really short though I know but she'd be perfect wouldn't she, she would she would do it yeah she absolutely would do it yeah. Yeah, so I, yeah, I think that ranged from age ten to age fourteen. In my opinion, the most—that's where you're going to find what you what you like. Yeah, you know when that music hits you, you know during that age. When and speaking of ten, you know my favorite song. It's not a Daft Punk song. It's and this is probably going to be a little crazy to some of you because I go from from one end of the spectrum to another but Dreams by Fleetwood Mac is my fa- actually my favorite song of all time yeah that shocks me I mean you know <laughs> 1977 when, man when you told me that I was like I mean I'm not saying it's not it's, it's rare or anything but because like I said where you get your music from is so many different ways from your mom and dad from what they listen to and and it kind of goes with you and what you're listening to into your teens and all that stuff. And you have them type of memories of when you first heard it. Yeah. And uh, so everybody's different. But, uh, <laughs> yes, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So it, just because you're 24. 24. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's... that's they're a little rare. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Well, and I was talking about this a little bit before the podcast started, but I'm going to I'm gonna kind of explain myself in more detail now. Growing up, so again, my parents, they're, they're a little older. They had my brother and I when they were older, when they were in their yeah. early 30s. And they are, again, kids of the 70s and 80s. So they grew up and... For both of them, Fleetwood Mac was not their favorite band, but one of their top bands. They listened right. to them all the time. And Fleetwood Mac was burning up the radio in between 74 and like 86. You know, Fleetwood Mac was a big band Yeah, in that kind of decade there. Yeah. Late, late 70s to early 80s. So when I was young, mom and dad, I remember they had this DVD set back when you had to have sets of DVDs because the whole thing wouldn't fit on to one DVD of Fleetwood Mac's live concert performance in 1998 in Los Angeles. They actually performed with USC's marching band, the Trojan Marching Band. Oh, okay. The Marching Trojans, whatever they're called. But I can remember watching that entire concert at least two or three times a year. Right. Mom and Dad would sit us down in the living room. They'd turn all the lights off, turn on the, the television, throw that in the DVD player. You know, I was probably, this was probably 06, 07. Yeah. And actually, maybe before that, 05. And we would sit there and we would just jam out, turn up the volume and jam out to Fleetwood Mac and watch them perform. And so I have really fond memories of us as just a family, just the four of us, mom, dad, myself, and my little brother. Yeah. Just going to town, especially me and my little brother, just rocking out to Fleetwood Mac. 
And then when I got older, knowing what dreams was about, there's a great video, guys, on YouTube by the Nerd Rider about the song, about dreams. It's It goes into the history of dreams and the, everything that that song is about and how that song was made. Right. But the video talks about the inspiration for the song being Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham's relationship. Stevie Nicks was the lead singer of Fleetwood, is the lead singer of Fleetwood Mac and Lindsey Buckingham, the lead guitarist, one of the songwriters, one of the lead vocals. They were in a relationship. Yeah. Well, Stevie Nicks, they, they break up, and Stevie Nicks writes this song, Dreams, and the song talks about how in... Lindsay wanted to break up because he wanted freedom from the relationship. Right, he wanted yeah. freedom to do his own thing. Yeah. And so the song is from Stevie Nicks' perspective, and it's about Lindsay pursuing freedom, but in his pursuit of freedom, him having to deal with the isolation and the consequences that come along with that. Yeah. And it's really ironic, and the video says this, it's really ironic how they spent so much time on this song. Uh-huh. It became such a major hit that Lindsey Buckingham would spend the next 40 years of his life singing this song in concert. Right. So there's just something really poetic, and it, that speaks to me at such an intense level. I'm, an, I'm a romantic at heart, and, and you know, a part of romanticism is tragedy. And so the tragedy of that and the irony of that just really moves me. Yeah. And that's why I love that song. Every time I hear that song, it takes me back to my childhood, and I think about that romantic aspect of it, you know, the Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham kind of situation going on there and all the work that they put in in the studio into that song and that album rumors that came out in 77 it's just really awesome really awesome telling you man it's all about it's always about the storyline and the lyrics to the song absolutely it brings you in and even in today's music you know when you look at hip-hop today i feel like it gets a lot of hate because a lot of the hits tend to be about less scrupulous activity right but there are a lot of hip-hop artists that are honest on their albums, and it kind of speaks to their background and their struggles with life. Can sometimes you know? get lost. And, and it gets lost in kind of the, yeah. the pursuit of hits. Yeah. One of my favorite rappers today is actually Lil Baby. And, and Lil Baby and Gunna. The, the album that they did together, uh, which the song Drip Too Hard came out on, great music. You know, the, the music on that album in my opinion, is really, really good and better than yeah. a lot of the pop and the rock and the country that's being put out right now. The lyrics, I think, kind of take away from that in some instances right. because they can be a little vulgar and, and a little extravagant. But these are also artists that are making good music, and and I think that's something that you kind of have to look for. Yeah. But it's really, really good music. I mean, right. it's music that you can get into and it can get emotional and and <laughs> but anyway <laughs> sorry guys so that's that's my favorite that's my favorite song uh and that kind of cool I, man i like that i guess that kind of rolls into my favorite singer too my favorite singer is stevie nicks lead singer of fleetwood mac okay you didn't say that okay yeah, really she, she would go on to to go solo after fleetwood mac yeah i like i like stevie nicks but she she had a good career in the 80s she did she had a song landslide that kind of talks yes. about her dad. Yeah. That's really emotional and really powerful and right. makes me emotional every time I hear it. And what I think is a tragedy about Stevie Nicks is she thinks her voice is awful. Yeah. She's gone yeah. on record saying she thinks her voice is just really? awful. And I, I, I think that that's just, I, again, that makes me kind of emotional in that, you know, how could somebody that does something so awesome think they're so awful? Yeah. But well, a lot she, a lot of creators do that, though. Have you noticed, know, like, a lot of... A lot of directors don't like to watch their own movies. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, like I don't like to hear myself talk. Like you, we don't <laughs> like to listen to this podcast, <laughs> right? Exactly. Not that, not that it's not that we don't like to listen to what we talk about. It's that we just don't like to hear ourselves. ourselves talk. Yeah, because yeah. we sound like two banjo playing hicks well, out of. Out of yeah. Well, I do. I don't know about you, no, but I, know I don't I do. know about that, Nate Wilson. But <laughs> yeah, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, yeah. Everybody critiques what they what they do, and um, cause uh, it's just uh, I don't know. So my my dream is obviously to see Daft Punk live in concert. I don't know if it'll ever happen. They haven't gone on tour for in years. Yeah, 
but it was also to see Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles perform because the Eagles is a top three, third favorite band. Right. Well, the Eagles and Fleetwood Mac actually went on tour together. Oh, really? Recently. And they they played in New York and Los Angeles, and that was it. Oh, Jer- Journey was two. with them, too, and, and it was a whole crew. Now, Journey, yeah. Now, Journey's still... Journey's still touring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, there was Fleetwood Mac, the Eagles, Journey, and I forget who else, performing, a bunch of legendary groups performing together. And I was like, man, if I could get fly out to either L.A. or New York and get a ticket and yeah. go see him. And I never did. And guess what? Glenn Fry passed away. And so now I will never get to see the Eagles as the Eagles. Right. Because so much of the Eagles was that Glenn Fry, um, uh, Don is it Don Henley? Yeah, Don, Don Henley, Henley, kind of that. And Don Henley's an amazing musician. A guy, you know, whoever can play the drums and sing at the same time—that's impressive. Yeah, but uh, and so very I'm, good I'm, bands. And, yeah. and and now Fleetwood Mac, Lindsey Buckingham's broken away from Fleetwood Mac. He's not touring with them anymore, and they actually really? got wow. into a dispute over over their tour. He didn't want to tour anymore. The rest of the band wanted to tour some more, and so he just left. And so, well, I mean, but that happens. yeah, it makes it hard. I mean. You know, these bands they get older, yeah, and uh, it may, it makes it tough to to do that. Um, but then then you see a lot of the bands that you know during my time who they kind of uh, get back together for a little while and yeah. stuff like that, and um, and do it for however however long they they feel like they can. Um, type stuff like Hootie and the Bowfish. I know, man. They've gotten back together. That's crazy. And that's that's another one of my, you oh, know, Rucker. Yeah, one of my favorite bands. So, um, might have to go hit them up in concert yeah. one day. So, I think that just speaks to how important music is to everybody, especially to to people that experience all that as as kids in their childhood and their adolescence they create these opinions on music and they find these artists and this, these music like we have with our favorite bands and singers and it becomes a part of us. It becomes yeah. a, a part of our character and our personality. Yeah. And, and you know, I guess that's a way we can measure our age and our time on this earth is, is our favorite band still together? Are they still alive? Yeah. Are they still performing? And, you know, the nostalgia that I feel when I hear those songs from Daft Punk and Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles... It takes me back to sitting on a tractor, helping my dad put in fence posts as we're listening to the Eagles, or you know, in the in our living room watching Fleetwood Mac perform, or in a car driving to a basketball game in high school listening to Daft Punk. I just it's it, it kind of music it is a big a part, part of our lives, man. Yeah, it's a big part of our lives, and I I think a lot of times we forget how big we forget how big it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, going through your lifetime, I mean. My dad, you know, he's probably that, and I don't know how your your mom and dad would feel about like uh, the music that you would listen to. But I, I thought, like, yeah, mom, mom hated kind of some of the music that I listened to, of course. Yeah, my dad, because he dad was just a music guy, you know, and he would go through and each and everything that I would listen to, he would listen to it, and he would like it. You know, he'd like, yeah, I like that. You know, what you listening to here? Because he kind of, he could appreciate. He's, he John, yeah, he's he's appreciative of all music, and so, um, I don't know, music carries us a little bit. Yeah, and that's 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 the great thing too is there's so many genres now. Like I listen to more and more hip hop now. For some, I don't know, it's just speaking to me more now really? than it ever has before. This this kind of hip hop. You know, that West Coast hip-hop that was really popular in the late 90s, early 2000s doesn't speak to me a whole lot, but this this does now. Yeah. But I love rock music. I love country music. Alan Jackson, man. I love me some Alan Jackson. I love some Luke Combs. Now, if you want to go you know? back before alternative music kind of came around for me, yeah. yeah, country music was probably it. That was at the top for you? When I was younger, because... Yeah. Dad would we would I go on trips with Dad. We would listen to um, probably a lot of people. Don't, I mean, Gold City. You know, yeah. Gold City is nope. that is a uh, uh, Christian group. Um, you know, you got your 
You got your bass. You got your two. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, you I got, got you. you got yeah, everybody yeah. in there, and, yeah. and that's just um, bluegrass, you know, oh, yeah. music in there. But yeah, Alan Jackson, Vince Gill, Garth Brooks. Not a big Vince Gill fan. Really? He's really soft for like his voice. Yeah. He's a great musician. Yeah. Like Vince Gill is an amazing musician, and I can appreciate him as a musician. I, I'm just not a big fan of his voice. I can see that. I mean, Vince Gill, I liked his voice. I liked some of his music. Um, Garth Brooks, I wasn't a huge fan of. I, I mean, um, you, I appreciate his his superstarness. Yeah, and I appreciate the hits that he brought to country music. But he I, did. Yeah. He kind of brought that to where he was kind of the first ones to start where kind of country music is now yeah. in a way, yeah. some sort. So he was kind of he laid that foundation. Yeah, he laid it down. Uh, no, Brooks and Dunn. Oh, no, Brooks. Give oh, me man. Brooks and Dunn all day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Brooks and Dunn. Gosh, and, um, yes. Alabama. Yes. You know, give me give me some Alabama. So, yeah, there's a lot of that. One, there's only one song that Alabama's made that I do that I just do not yeah, like. I know which to. one you're talking Yeah, exactly, about, yeah. yeah. As Auburn fans, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, no, exactly and you Alabama fans, well, Auburn fans too, y'all should know what we're talking about. But anyway. No. So. Yeah, country was kind of, I don't know why. You listen to it a little bit at a younger age, but would hear some eighty like you know we talked about our favorite movies not too long ago, and mine was Back to the Future, Huey Lewis in the News, Great Power music. of Love. Yes. Used to listen to a lot of that eighties so, pop man, yeah eighties pop. So, no, had a mix of it, had yeah. a mix of it, had a good mix of it. So, um, that raised me up well. So yeah, I, I feel like I had a great music education growing up. I I really do thank my parents for that. Yeah. Bon Jovi, Fleetwood Mac, Journey. Good country music, Alan Jackson growing up. Well, I, I, I Merle Haggard. Yeah, Merle Haggard. Yeah. I forget Dad's Leonard Skinnerd. Oh, yes. You know, yes. Hey, you know Dad was a big Kiss guy? What? Oh, yeah. No way. Oh, yes. Big Kiss guy. Yeah. He has never told me that. Yeah. yeah. And you know how much your dad brags about like his musical right. He had the A-track, like Kiss A-tracks what? and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So but, does he know of like, well, all see, he's, their music? Uh, I'm sure... I, I'm sure most of it. I don't know about all of it. I mean, but I'm sure most of it. But this is the thing. He 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 was big Kiss guy, but like ACDC. Yeah. No, he wasn't a huge fan of them. Really? All. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Like, but Kiss, all the all the stung, tongue like Iron sticking Maiden. out and all that stuff. What I mean, he's huh? Iron Maiden. Was he an Iron Maiden fan? Uh, don't think so. But okay. I didn't have to ask him. But. So Kiss may have been kind of an uh, an exception to the rule. For him, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's cool. I, I did not know that about your dad yeah. though. That's Kiss, cool. Leonard Skinner, the Doobie Brothers, the Doobie Brothers. Man, they killed the game. Yeah. CCR. I know he likes CCR because yeah. I'm a big Creedence fan. Yeah, too. So a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, a lot of them. We, I think me and you both was raised right as far as music growing up and yeah. what we were fed. Well, we were just exposed to a lot, and I think that reflects in both of us now. Obviously, in the bands that we just named, you know, I go from I went from talking about an EDM pop group to a rock soft rock group to a modern hip hop artist. Yeah, you know, in Little Baby and, and Little Baby and in in Gunna. But you know, music just it's so cool because it speaks to everybody, right? And it impacts everybody in a different way. But it's it's just as powerful for everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think is that is that you got anything else? Any any recommendations for us? I mean, what do you what do you well? Um, no, I mean, not really. I mean, I was going to ask you. I mean, what do you? I guess so. Right now, you would like rap. You kind of on the rap. Yeah, if I were to pick a genre, right now, that yeah. would be that would be my genre. Yeah, okay, that would be my genre. I'm you know like I was saying a while ago. I'm I'm really into Christian music. Just yeah. because, yeah. So I'm on kind of that train. I'm, I'm Christian along. rock. Uh, no, not so much Christian rock. I mean, just Christian uh, music. Period. Okay. You know, um, there's a lot of genres being made. A little bit. So, um, but just, just anything Christian music wise, I'm kind of into. So I guess cause go back. To, I don't know. I'm just into that. That's yeah. that's that's what I'm into. So um, that's awesome. Well, I. I've got a recommendation to make. What you got? I have discovered what 
tomatillo sauce is. So at our local Mexican restaurant. Okay. And it's spelled T-O-M-A-T-I-L-L-O, but pronounced tomatillo. And I'm butchering butchering that pronunciation, but that's how. Is it sauce or is it salsa? It's 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 a sauce. It's a hot sauce. It sounded hot. I was about to say yes. Yeah, and it's red. At okay. least the kind that I eat is red from our yeah. local Mexican restaurant. It is so delicious. Really, it has such a good taste, but a really good bite to it. If you like Tabasco, you'll like this sauce. Awesome. It's really. It just you put a little bit on your taco, man. And you are golden. I call it turbo sauce. I walk into our local re- our local restaurant here in Asheville, and the waitress. I go in there so much they know my they know my drink order. They'll sit a sweet tea down for me. And oh, then say, Nick. Yeah. So, well, ja- and Jackie, she'll go. You want some turbo sauce today? I'm like, yes, ma'am. That's what I call. I call it turbo sauce. Yeah. But it's. I highly recommend it if you like hot stuff. If you like hot sauce and you like Mexican Love food, hot stuff. Tomatillo. Try it. Love it. It's great. Love hot stuff. I'm a spicy guy. Do you have anything? Yes. So, you know the news that's been going on about uh, Popeyes and Chick Fil A. Yes, right. Yes, about the sandwich. Yes, okay. The so sandwich Popeye, war. The sandwich war. So we've actually had somebody who has been killed over the sandwich. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. <laughs> Brandon, what the crap has happened? Uh, did you not hear about it? No. Yeah. No. They're, they're getting stabbed to death over the chicken sandwich. No. Yes. At Popeyes? If, huh? At yes, Pop- at Popeyes. I don't know why I just automatically assumed it was right, Popeyes. Did you see my post the other day I put on Facebook? No. With the chicken sandwich? No. Okay, you're not friends with me. So. <laughs> I am yeah. friends with yeah, you. You don't care about me, Nick. I, no, I you do. You do I not promise. care I about just, me, Nick. I'm not on Facebook that much. Okay, anyway. So, yes, yeah, somebody has been stabbed to death over this Popeyes chicken sandwich. So That's amazing. Yes. It's also tragic. So what we say, That's what, very tragic. Okay, chicken sandwich-wise, who would be the leader in that right now? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. That's an easy answer, ain't it? Now, I'm saying that having not tried Popeye's chicken sandwich. So I got it the other day. What? I went by Popeye's. I was picking up some food on the way. You're not about to break my heart, are you? Hold on, look, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> and so I'm looking, I'm seeing the sandwich. And I'm thinking, you know what? People are dying because <laughs> of this sandwich. This so I, ha- I, have to, I have to get this sandwich... And I've got to try it out. Yeah. And so I order it, and I get in the truck. So I'm on my way back to where I'm where I, wherever I'm needing to go, and I'm eating the sandwich. And Nick, I have to say it, dude. It, no, don't you dare. It's better than Chick-fil-A no, no, it's not better than Chick Fil A. It's better than the Chick Fil A sandwich. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's awesome. How? It's how? awesome. It's, Break it down. Okay. How? Right. How scientifically? Okay. How can right. it be better than Chick Fil A? Okay. Popeyes is putting all right. They they got two sandwiches, two chicken sandwiches. One comes with mayonnaise and pickle. Other uh, one comes with a spicy sauce and pickle. And I got the one with the spicy sauce, and it is amazing because I just told you that I love spicy stuff. I love hot stuff. And I'm sorry. I told Amanda this last night. She's like, yeah, whatever. You know, I said, well, don't hate it until you try it. You just broke my heart. I just want you to know Now, that. the chicken, I would go, Chick-fil-A has great chicken. Awesome chicken. But the chicken sandwich, Popeye's is coming. It is Chick-fil-A coming. invented the chicken sandwich. I understand. <laughs> Literally invented the darn thing. No, I, I understand that. And I know you'll have a blessed day after you <laughs> <laughs> It was and their the, pleasure. Yes, yes. And the Popeye sandwich, you could either go either way. That Look, or get th- a beaten. <laughs> th- this, this is, this is going to start a conversation which we need to say for another podcast, and that is what's the best fast food restaurant oh, that's, out there. there you go. That's going to be a great episode when go. we get to it. Yes. I probably shouldn't have just given that away, but that's going to be another episode down the road. So. Yeah, that'll be a great one. Stay tuned for that one. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Yeah. And and another one might be, what's our favorite food? What's the best food? There you go. Man, we got a lot to talk about and not a lot of time to do. But that's when, that would be my recommendation. So we'll try, try Popeye's. Obviously, I'm going to have to drive to Rainbow City and or, or to Pell City. or a, it, I'm going to have to 
go to a city and get a coming a to a moody moody near you too. Are you kidding me? No, nope. it's coming. Really, it's coming. I did not know that. Be here pretty soon. They need to, they need to open up one in Asheville. Oh. That'd be nice. Of course, we already have a chicken joint, but still, that'd be we nice. Did. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that pretty much covers it for this episode. That sums it you up. Know, uh, this this has been another another episode of Talk or Go Home. I really do, you know, guys. We really do appreciate y'all sitting down with us. Please, if you enjoyed this, rate, review, subscribe to us. You know, it it takes just a couple of seconds. Get out that phone. Get open that podcast app. Especially if you're listening on Apple Podcast, give us however many stars you want to give us. Write whatever kind of re- review you want to. Twenty give stars. Us. Just <laughs> twenty out of five. <laughs> yes. Just give it. Leave it for us. It, it actually helps us out. If you want to help us out monetarily, you can go. The links in the show notes. Click on that link. You can donate ninety nine cents a month. Pennies, people. Pennies. Pennies. Guys. If you want to donate five bucks a month, you can donate five bucks a month. It it helps. Make this podcast better. It helps support what we do, support what we do, and we really do enjoy this, guys. Thank y'all for listening. Fun. So, that you know, we've talked, and, and now we're about to go home. See you guys.